The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Tuesday morning and welcome to uh, another edition of uh, Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJXFM 93.1. Today is December 20th. My name is Neville James and right off the top we got the boss in the house, Tanya Singh, Madam CEO. Good morning, how are you? Um, I wonder if you're hearing me. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay great. Good. I want to make sure we're... Um, Hold on, hold on there. Uh, that's you? Adjusting, attacking, so you, you're hearing a, the headphone. That's you there? I could hear you. You could hear me? Yes. But I wonder if you're going up or down. Going up or down? I have no idea. No? I, 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 what about that? I think we we can hear each other. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's We're it, that's good. it. Okay, we got that. Okay, good. Good. So, um, first of all, Merry Christmas, man. Happy holidays. Same to you. It's been a while since we chopped it up. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. man. Been like that, but no love lost, right? Uh, beautiful weather. A little bit of rain last night. Weather service told us yesterday that uh, it was going to be like that. They've been spot on, I guess, for, the, for throughout the year. So. This is the rainy season, too. Yes. yes. So we wanted to stay like that a little longer because the dry season coming in in mm-hmm. January. And when the dry season come, uh, we'd have looked uh, kind of brung. But anyhow, um, tonight... Right, it starts the night, right? At, at well, and sort of, kind of, yeah. Um, we we actually our 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 um annual custom of taking the Quebec music out to the community, right? The serenade, the crucian Christmas four day serenade. Mm-hmm. It is our sixteenth year partnering with uh, Stanley and the Ten Sleepless Nights to bring this serenade to the people of Saint Croix. Um, we're back in person, um, as you know, for the last two years in the height of COVID, we still did the serenade, but we just like drove through your neighborhood. We didn't stop. We didn't have our traditional stops or anything, but the traditional stops are back. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And tonight, actually, we're doing... Okay, so we can't go into every neighborhood. The vehicle can't maneuver on certain roads in certain neighborhoods, and some t- some areas the wor- the roads aren't as good. So when these uh, um, <laughs> diplomacy is beautiful on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so the bumps in the road affects the band mm-hmm. that the, who are playing live. So. It's not every neighborhood we can go into with a live band. Mm-hmm. But tonight, we are doing something at 7 o'clock, Neville. At seven, from 7 to 9, we're going with pre-recorded music to certain areas. Oh, okay. So um, tonight, um, from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, we're going to be going through Cyan Farm, Constitution Hill, Catherine's Rest, Peter's Rest, and Work and Rest. So, just give you a little thing tonight, right? Tonight is a rest. 
The rest drive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Catherine, and, and, uh, and walk. And walk. Yeah. yeah, after yeah. you don't walk. <laughs> and so... Um, Obo Hannah don't get any worse. Well, it's East first. It's East first, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then, at midnight, we're leaving Party Central, which is at Kevin Christian's house in uh, Ginger Thomas. Mm-hmm. Headquarters, according to uh, Stanley yesterday. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, this, so we will be starting out at leaving Ginger Thomas, and we will be traveling through Strawberry, Bon Esperance, Mambijun, Kakahoon, and then we're going to go to Grove Place, where we are going to stop by Ina's Williams' house. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll stop there and get some food and some drink and then we'll return to the road and go through Estate Swim and Campo Rico and then we'll head to the Frederickstead Post Office where we will assemble and tramp to Butthole Park. Okay. okay. And then at Butthole Park we'll have some more food and drink. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's midnight, so 7 to 9 and then midnight tonight. Mm-hmm. Then on uh, tomorrow, on, the, on December 22nd, actually, um, that's what? Wednesday? No, no, no Thursday. That's Thursday, Thursday going into Friday. So yeah. on uh, December 22nd, from 7 to 9, mm-hmm. we're going to be going to Barron Spot. We're going to be going through Estate Profit, Ario Diaz. Mount Pleasant, St. George's, William Delight, and Carlton. So mm-hmm. this is with pre-recorded music in the evening on December 22nd from 7 to 9. Okay. And then the serenade is that midnight on the 23rd, mm-hmm. um, 12.01. So then we will... Leave again from the headquarters at Ginger Thomas, where we're going to have breakfast there at, at Kevin Christian's house. And we're going to play a little music. Then we're going to head to Peter's Rest, Anna's Hope, Orange Grove, Golden Rock and Harbor View, Estate Princess, and Estate. And then we're going to stop at Estate St. John, where we're going to stop at the Shang's house. Mm-hmm. We then head to King Street. In Christianstead and drive to Eliza's retreat where we'll stop at Annette, Annette Hendrick's house. We then head up Company Street in Christianstead and we're going to gather at Times Square. At Times Square, we're going to tramp from Times Square to WTJX parking lot where we'll have some more food and drink. Mm-hmm. So, um, plenty food, plenty drink. Plenty stops, plenty music, plenty fun. And I just want to, before I have you say something, Neville, um, I want to make sure I get our sponsors in there because the sponsors is who make all this uh, happen. The Virgin Islands Lottery, the Virgin Islands Department of Health, the Economic Development Authority, First Bank, 
the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority, Caravel Hotel and Casino, AARP, Diageo USVI, and the USVI Department of Tourism Division of Festivals. Now, having said that about the sponsors, we could not do this without the Virgin Islands Department of Police. Mm-hmm. They are integral and they're our proud partners for 16 years and they keep us safe on the road and they keep the traffic flowing they've been excellent throughout these 16 years so we got um, four family stops starting at headquarters mm-hmm. with um with kevin yeah and ginger thomas um also got stops at uh the williams family in grove Shang family over in Estate St. John. Mm-hmm. That's up on the hill or down in the flat? Up on the hill. Up on the hill. And then, of course, Elijah's Retreat. That's right there in the main road there by Annette. Yes. Annette Hendricks. Yes. Okay, that's across from Sun. What, what the place then? Well, diagonally across, right? Right. Yeah, uh, from Sharkies, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, then we got a number of different sponsors. The sponsorship, lip gro- sponsorship list growing on. It's the, about the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that is. Uh, mm-hmm known commodities here in the, ter- in, the, in the territory so glad to see that they they're buying in and allowing us to well providing resources right That's what so happen. when we come to your house bring out some guava berry for the guys mm-hmm. and me mm-hmm. and um we're gonna have a good time and the public is welcome there is no charge for anything everything is free and just come out and enjoy the christmas spirit 16 years 16 years and we like um you know including, during including the last two when it have been abbreviated including or? the last two mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. people would before covid people would have done something for 48 years and then i didn't do it during the two years mm-hmm. and then return this year and say oh we're celebrating 50 years no we don't count like that we actually <laughs> 16 active years wow Consecutively, wow, trying doing to, this trying to, do the, trying to do the math in my head. Sixteen, two thousand seven. Well, wow. What what it is then? It's two thousand six. Maybe I doing the math wrong. We started in two thousand six. December two thousand six. Uh huh. So this is the seventeenth year. So the seventeenth year. Yeah, that was sixteen Thank years you. ago. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So this will be the seventeenth. That's year. awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for um. Okay, me up with the with the band in the studio Last, live yesterday. yesterday, right? Yeah, that was nice. Yes, you were like telling them what to play. They were probably like, <laughs> "We come in to play what we want to play." No, 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 but you no, know, no. you know which request I love the most. Which one? Tina Mavis. That's my song. Yeah, man, that's my favorite. I I remember the first time I went to hear them. At, uh, that is such a sexy song. It is. I went to first. I went to hear them like Via Morales. I mm-hmm. mean, at first at Via Morales, you know, and and uh, one of my dancing partners was there, and you know. That's, okay. that, that's, a, that's a nice rub, rubbing face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's a nice rubbing <laughs> face. Who laughing? You know what I mean? It's you a know? PG show. <laughs> I said rubbing face. <laughs> that's what I, I said. Know, you know, I you know what I mean? Face to face. And I, I go to know, but uh, yeah, they uh, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, man. And to see the, the how there's a there's a studio base that Gelo's will play. You mm-hmm. check? With the with the with the bucket and 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 the hand and all, you know, the aspect, the aspect, yeah, that the that the uh, that the special, mm-hmm. check. But uh, I miss Casey, man. You know what I mean? I got 
I, I forget to call yesterday to blaze you or not because I'm busy, but when you go walk, you go walk. You know yes, I mean? so, yes. He does so have I, a day job. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not holding that against him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it was nice to have him in the studio. And I actually, I went, to, went home, I listened to the podcast, and I don't, I, I don't listen to the podcast enough because don't, you don't really like to hear yourself, but mm-hmm. to hear the guys, you know, Stanley in particular, right? I, I like listening to Stanley. He, he is 100% real. He's like the Pied Piper. <laughs> I don't... It, 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 I would be I mean, not all in of the them best are real, But Stanley, there's a realness about Stanley, you know what I mean? For, you know, that, that you could just sit down and listen to him talk forever. Um, you know? Neville, I would be coming out my house at 12. I'd be like, really? I don't want to do this. And as soon as I hear that flute, I'm energized. Yeah, um, I got that text message yesterday. Uh, Frandell. Mm-hmm. Frandell text me some sound like hear that flute sweet. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I say yeah, man. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. So and guess what? Yeah, a lot of people were texting me and telling me they they like the fact that they were live in the studio too. So. I have three of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave me three flutes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm gonna put them on? in my offices. No, 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 no. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna mount them oh. in my office oh, here and my office on St. Thomas, and then I'm gonna auction one of them. Oh, really? Yes, sir. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting a sop to play with them. Okay, uh, the the sop trio, Alexandra Sop. She was over at the forum mm-hmm. with um, Victor Provost and Carlton Holmes uh, a couple weekends ago, and. Um, Speaking with Miss Parsons at the forum, because they hold they hold a number of different events over there. So she hooked me up with Miss Sop, and Miss Sop was actually uh, she actually was born in New York, but she went to school here at Country Day. Mm-hmm. So um, she says she's looking forward to getting into a jam session with Stanley in the Tennessee Plus. Oh, really? So, so what does she play? Plays a flute. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking forward to getting her, uh, you know, to sit down with Stanley and feed her for each other. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that's that gonna be nice. We're gonna work on that for some time mm-hmm. next year. Um might actually happen. Uh, let me see. Um might actually happen. Stanley them got uh an appearance over at the forum in St. Thomas, I think in February. Mm-hmm. And it might happen then. They got an ensemble coming from Cape Verde. Oh really? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. playing a cultural exchange. And I believe that's when Stanley them supposed to be over there. Either mm-hmm. then or or another night. But because when I was looking at this Friday, February eighteenth, um that to me is we name weekend. President's weekend. Oh. And President's weekend typically is a fair. Mm-hmm. You check, so I don't know uh if them uh, if it can be the night or not. I, I forgot to ask them yesterday, but I'll check into that. But we definitely want to to get all these geniuses together because that's what they are you know, you know when you sit down and listen to how did I play that music and Kevin in particular was impressive to me yesterday he he enjoys mm-hmm. he enjoys playing he that, does. That, that, that complimentary banjo mm-hmm. to, to your father uh, as, as well now anything else um well, Christmas Day um, just want to remind people on St. Thomas we have the um the Christmas card committee, I think it is, has the uh, challenge of the carolers yes, on yes, Christmas yes. morning. Mm-hmm. And we're working with MDM and the committee to uh, bring that live broadcast 
two um, televisions in the Virgin Islands. Oh, that's awesome. Life. Hopefully that could work. Yes. Yeah, and then that night, um, them one, uh, Gillows, Gillows had me to know them and guy got quadrilled down in the West. That's right. Down in the West at St. Jerry's Hall Christmas night, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, for a $10 note, can't complain, you know what I mean? So, so right. that's, so that's I wonder if they have, like, the practice for those who are new. I, I noticed that they do that sometimes. Well, that's what, something that Stanley spoke about yesterday as well. Mm-hmm. They're lacking callers on the island now. Yeah, only Casey. Yeah, only Casey, yeah, so... So they are. Uh, Neville, you should. Um, maybe that's for you. You got a voice. <laughs> ah! uh, try a thing now, no? <laughs> Toot me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, just to go over it once again to let the public know um, this could not happen without the support of the family stops, the Christian family um, in Ginger Thomas, the Williams family in Grove, the Shang family in Estate St. John, and Anna Tendricks. A family up there in Eliza's retreat. And then uh, the corporate sponsors. Um, go to this again. Virgin Islands Port Authority. No, 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 no. Virgin Islands Lottery. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> the no. Virgin Islands well, Lottery. Well, I, I see that. Maybe I'm missing something. But the they, Virgin Islands Department of Health. Yeah. The Economic Development Authority. First Bank. The Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority. Caravel Hotel and Casino. Mm-hmm. ARP. Diageo USVI and the USVI Department of Tourism Division of Festivals. So this one in Belanga, that's what you're telling me? Which one? You can, you're making it seem like I'm making it up here. Let me see. There's no one there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Virgin Islands Port Authority. Yeah, man. Man, never you on tonight. <laughs> yeah, man, you're making me say, I want to play uh-huh. or something, you check. <laughs> yeah, you're not blind. <laughs> I am. Give me no of us, what I mean. So like, I want to leave nobody out. I missed uh, a critical opportunity before. But anyway, well, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll do this again okay. on Thursday. Uh um, because we definitely want the public to know um, that everything went safe tonight. Seven with pre-recorded music, and then midnight, right? The live get up, and then. Thursday night, pre-recorded music, and then we do the live thing at midnight. Again, thank you very much, boss. Have a good morning. Appreciate it. That's um, CEO Tanya Singh joining us um, day, day, no, night one of the serenade 2022. Cruise on Christmas for the serenade. Okay? So we'll take a break, and then we'll be back with um, Kids Count. Diana James and company. Be back right after this. graduated from high school in the U.S. Virgin Islands, don't be stuck with college debt. Create your future for free with Free Tuition Plus at UVI. With Free Tuition Plus, your tuition is covered. Plus, you can use additional financial aid to pay for room and board and other expenses. At the University of the Virgin Islands, you'll receive a world-class education with opportunities to study abroad and gain hands-on experience. Choose from 99 majors, minors, and certificates on campus and online. Visit www.uvi.edu and apply today. WTJX is proud to announce the return of the Cruisian Christmas Serenade, featuring the one and only Stanley and the 10 Sleepless Nights, with house stops for the first time in two years. Meet us on the road from 12 a.m. to dawn, Wednesday, December 21st, out west, 
and Friday, December 23rd, out east as we ring in the holiday season. Thank you to our sponsors, the Department of Health, VI Economic Development Authority, First Bank, Carvel Hotel and Casino, Port Authority, WAPA, VI Lottery, Diageo, AARP, and the Department of Tourism, Division of Festivals. Stay tuned to WTGX Facebook page for more information. And don't miss the 2022 Christmas Serenade. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we are back here at Analyzer, so we want definitely want to thank the boss uh, for making some time to come into the studio as we uh, get ready for um, our Christmas custom here at uh, WTJX for them on in Serenade, right? Tonight, actually got a little pre-recorded uh, thing at 7 to 9, right? Going through neighborhoods where um, traversing uh, the infrastructure isn't as taxing. Well, it's actually... Uh, it's it's more taxing. That's the reason why it's pre-recorded. But uh, uh, we ain't getting into that. We ain't gonna let it, that uh, undermine uh, the Christmas spirit. So we uh, gonna do a seven to nine pre-recorded. We're going through uh, the walk and rest, beat and rest, catch and rest area, and all that stuff. And then uh, tonight we're gonna start in Ginger Thomas and head through um, the Halfland as we work our way uh, down into Frederickstead with a stopping grove. And then we jump in from the uh, Frederickstead Post Office uh, down to Bottle Park and um, food and drinks at two locations in Grove and down in the West. Now, let's uh, transition to um, what I believe is an important discussion, uh, Kids Count. Uh, and this uh, has been a, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, say this correctly. A data resource in the territory since 2000 uh, is sponsored by the Annie EKC Foundation, which began partnering on the project with the St. Croix Community Foundation three years ago. Previously, it was worked with the Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands. And joining me uh, this morning um, are supposed to be some very important people. So um, let me let me do a little roll call here to make sure that um, everybody is on the line. Deanna James, president of St. Croix Foundation. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Can you hear me? I can, I can hardly hear Ms. James there. Um, see if we could get up. Okay. Can you hear me now? No volume. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. I don't know what it is. I hear you. I just barely hear you. Talk to me, see if you, if you go on, uh, if you go, get you back up. 
What about Dr. Saul Santiago? Good morning. Good morning. I could hardly hear you as well. Alita Fraser, Alethea Fraser, Dr. Alethea Fraser, Rainer. Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Okay, good. I can hear you a little, a little louder. Um, and um, Miss Lily Cox. Hi. Yes. Good morning. I could hear you, you perfectly. So, let's go back to the top. See if we could get Miss James. Um, technology where we need to be. Good morning, Miss James. Nope. Um, Doctor Santiago. Good morning. Okay, well, I, I, I could hear a little bit better, and I will try to make that that work. And then we definitely go get Miss James uh, into uh, the mix. So, good morning to all of you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, good. Miss James, I, I, I think I hear your voice there. Hello. Yes, how yeah, are you? Yeah, doing? man. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, okay, that's that's good. If we could get Mr. Santiago up a little bit, we could. So, uh, let me. Um, you know, just turn the floor over to you, Ms. James. Good morning and uh, introduce uh, all of the principles, uh, the roles they played, and how we make uh, uh, this information, this critical information about where we are um, in the Virgin Islands as it relates to our future, our children, um, statistically um, making up, uh, you know, the, the percentage of our population here in the territory. Yeah, so thank you so much for the invitation. Um, on the call, I have... Uh, three of uh, a very amazing group of people. Uh, the team is about six of us, but um, on the call is Dr. Saul Santiago, who's our principal researcher, um, data analyst. Uh, Lily Cox, who is a, a member of the St. Croix Foundation staff and director of communications and community investments. And then Alethea Frazier Rainer, who is our community outreach coordinator. And she does. Alethea really is, um, in many ways, a lot of the work that's not seen around Kids Count, which is connecting with the actual service providers and uh, nonprofit organizations who are um, activating all the data we're going to talk about in the book. Um, and so that's been a really critical part of um, our stewardship of Kids Count is not just presenting the data, but what happens after the data is presented. What do we do as a community to begin um, working collectively to start moving the needle on some of the more, um, you know, challenging uh, data trends that we see? Interesting, uh, Dr. Santiago. Good morning. Um, yeah, so following up on what Ms. James said, you know, it, at Kids Count, we're looking at uh, different areas. So, for example, we look at child and family demographics, the population in the USVI, the child population. We look at economic well-being. So we're looking at children in poverty. We're looking at wages, household income, employment. We're also looking at family and community. So we look at public housing in the USVI, and we take a, a deep dive into that. Uh, this year, we're really proud of the information that we gathered around education. We have data all the way from early Head Start, so, you know, toddlers, essentially. And we have data on Head Start, how ready they are for kindergarten. We have ready uh, information regarding uh, public school K through 12. We have private school enrollment. We have homeschool enrollment. We have the virtual academy enrollment. We have data on dropouts, we have data on graduation, and we even have some data 
uh, and UVI incoming freshmen, how many of them took advantage of the free tuition program. We have information on how many students participated in trade certification, and uh, we have information on teacher, uh, on their teachers, so whether they're certified, their degrees. Um, we also have data on health, so you know how many, how many uh, children are born, uh, teen birth rate, we have low birth weight babies, we have information on child maltreatment, child health insurance, it's just really broad set of data. Um, and then we also focused on opportunity youth, uh, so that's the, the older um, child population into early adulthood, and we look at their contacts with the criminal justice system, we look at their employment, um, how it affects their education, and then finally, and I think Alitia will, will also kind of expand on this, we have information on our co the groups working within our community, so whether that's nonprofit or some government agencies and the work that they're doing in the community, um, to help our, our children. The first arena? Yes, I think I'm, uh, can you hear me okay? Are, are you able to hear me all right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can hear, we can hear you perfectly. Okay. So I'll just um, briefly give a, a very quick overview about how we uh, approach Kids Count. Um, believing, of course, the data is information, but it can be gathered in multiple ways. So uh, typically the emphasis uh, with Kids Count is on quantitative data, data, the numbers, but we also thought it was important to collect qualitative data. And particularly from our nonprofit community, um, our nonprofit organizations play such a pivotal role. They always have, they've often been the lifeline, uh, the safety net, uh, we know certainly post Irma and Maria, they were the ones that were nimble enough to be in place and provide, continue providing some services to children and families. So we wanted to get a sense of uh, what their role is in this work and uh, how we could strengthen that uh, emphasis and that role. So my colleague, Shermaine Hobson and I, Shermaine uh, is the sector liaison for Kids Count. Uh, we decided to start interviewing them and to talk with them across all three islands uh, to really understand more about their work, how they work, and the challenges uh, they face, as well as the opportunities. And so we did that. Um, to date, we've interviewed over 30 nonprofits on all, uh, across the three islands. And we started to uh, understand and realize, as they talked about their challenges and the opportunities, that oftentimes it was around making connections. Uh, between the work that they're doing or that they have available for young people and the opportunity for young people to take advantage of those opportunities. And it ties in very much with this whole notion, and I'm sure uh, Deanna James is going to talk more about moving from silos to systems. And um, that work really is about not necessarily just seeing in a compartmentalized way what it is we do, um, individually or as, as a nonprofit or as a government agency, but really understanding how we work as systems within and across various systems. And so that was something that um, we decided we wanted to really make an emphasis uh, of in the work and also begin to look at how can we map uh, what's happening in terms of systems. So um, my other colleague, Lori Blake, that works very closely with uh, Dr. Santiago, she began mapping visually, where are our schools? 
Where is public housing, for example, where we know there's a very high uh, number of young people that live in public housing, but may not have access to the kinds of opportunities that are available through nonprofit organizations. And so in order to make those connections and bridge those gaps, we have to sometimes visually see that and see where they're situated and located. And then this year you'll see in the, in the Kids Count data book uh, online, you can see that the, the mapping has extended even to look at uh, community-based organizations and where are they located, uh, in what parts of the islands and where then are those young people that may actually need those opportunities the most and what are the, the uh, impediments to them getting access to them. Uh, in talking to the nonprofits, I'll just end there by saying that uh, one of the things that I can recall a nonprofit we interviewed on both uh, St. Thomas, one on St. Thomas and one on St. Croix, who, who when we listened to what they provide, wonderful opportunities. But when it came to getting the young people there, they may not have access or, or the ability to provide transportation. And so then transportation becomes sort of that obstacle between a young person that really needs it, uh, the opportunity and their access to, to get that opportunity, particularly if they lived in public housing with no car. So, uh, so we started understanding how it's really making those connections both within and across the various systems that are operating uh, within the territory to do, to do our level best at providing every young person with, they, uh, with what they need. And I said I would stop there, but I'll just add this one piece we also started, uh, and when we talked to them, understanding some of the things we asked, what are, what are some of the things you need? How can the, uh, the Kids Count Initiative provide you with some things you, you need? And there were some skill building areas that they identified. And so we've been trying to work at providing those skill building exercises and opportunities for them. And to extend those, not just to the nonprofit leader, but to extend them to the larger community that may be involved in their work, but they are not necessarily in a leadership position. Uh, but we need to reach out so that we're bringing all of the community engaged and involved with our young people. Good morning, Ms. Cox. Good morning. You want to talk a little bit well, about, think, about your role uh, with outreach and stuff like that? Well, um, I think one of the most exciting things for me and my role is the just overarching engagement that we are working on, you know, across sectors. I mean, what Dr. Fraser Rayner and, and Dr. Santiago mentioned, you know, about the expanded breadth of the data. Um, and really sort of like looking at systems and connecting these dots. Um, you know, Alethea talked about the mapping of the data, the housing and the um, community centers. And I really would encourage the listening audience to visit us on Facebook. It's um, STX Foundation, and you can find an electronic copy of the data book there and I, we really you know encourage you know every member of our community because everybody is a stakeholder when it comes to our children to explore the data book one of the things that's really exciting this year is a new systems tool 
where we are really working to connect the separate do you know, data domains, we call them domains, and it's data on education, health, economic well-being, and family and community. But the systems tool that we've developed, which you'll find in the data book, you know, really takes into account the entire ecosystem, right, that our children are navigating. And so it takes into account internal forces like our culture and our values. Um, it, it looks at external forces like climate change, um, and, and really works to sort of paint the entire, you know, contextual image so that it's not just the data, like what uh, President James was talking about. Um, and, you know, one of the things when the audience, it's sort of difficult, you know, without a, a visual image right now, but when the audience starts to dive in, um, one of the things you'll notice is that we've, we've actually, in our new systems tool, we have, uh, and those are on pages, I think, 38 and 39 of the data book, um, we've actually put a question mark within the map. And that is an intentional um, sort of fill in the blank so that, you know, whether you're a policymaker, whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're a parent, um, wherever you may sit in the community that you also um, see yourself and maybe can help um, build and develop this, uh, you know, healthy system. It is a, uh, you know, sort of a a village. We are a village. And and that for me is, I think, one of the most exciting things is to see the, the community really coming together. Um, I'll pass it on to Deanna, but say this final um, note that this year, um, in partnership with the Office of the Governor, we were um, able to execute what we believe is a first of its kind, a memorandum of understanding with nine government agencies. The agencies very principled, sit very close to our children and families like uh, the Housing Authority, Department of Education, Department of Health, UBI. Um, and we've signed this MOU as sort of a formal structure and agreement around the annual collection of real-time data so that we have um, at our fingertips um, the, the data we need to make uh, informed decisions. And, um, and so that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm sitting and, and what I'm excited about for this year. Awesome. What we'll do is we'll take a break and we'll delve into, um, the data, uh, in more detail. Uh, after this break, we got, uh, the kids count folks here. We got, um, President Deanna James, uh, Dr. Santiago, Dr. Fraser Reina, and Ms. Lily Cox joining us this morning. We'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious, daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. 
we'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party! Or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we are back here on Like This, and we're talking on with um, the the data folk, Kids Count 2022, and uh, we got uh, the St. Croix Foundation uh, President, um, Madam President, Deanna James joining us, along with uh, Dr. Saul Santiago, um, Dr. Alita uh, Fraser-Reyna, and Ms. Lily Cox. Good morning to all of you once again. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, good. Um, Madam President, is there a margin of error with respect to this data <laughs> compilation? I know so, we, we we do we do we we talk data here uh, mm-hmm. on on our show. A lot of sometimes we deal with polling, and there's a margin of error. Is there a margin of error with with, with the data that was compiled here? I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Saul get like deep in that, but I I, I want to just set some context. So um, historically. Kids count data was collected through uh, the Virgin Islands Community Survey, and on a national level, it's connected, uh, collected through the American Community Survey, which um, uh, all states participate in. I think Puerto Rico as well. Virgin Islands does not um, uh, have the American Community Survey, and so that data is um, historically it's about I think a couple years uh, delay in when the data is collected and the data is, um, is presented. And um, and for the last, I would say for now, I think the last data collection took place for the Virgin Islands in 2015. I think, Dr. Santiago, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's correct. 2015 oh, for the VIX. Yeah, 2015 was the last time VIX was collected. And so for us, no, recognizing that since 2015, we've had hurricanes, we've had the pandemic. We knew that we had uh, to do things a little differently to make sure that we had as much real-time current data as possible to ensure that our policymakers and stakeholders um, could make really informed decisions about the current, you know, sort of lived experience of our children. And so we have spent uh, the last three years um, since Kids Count has been under our stewardship 
working directly with government agencies. And that has been an incredible exercise for us, a great opportunity for us as a territory, but also um, sort of un, you know, uncovered a lot of challenges around how we as a territory uh, collect data, our capacity within each government agency to collect um, data uh, consistently and then to collect it um, in ways that uh, allow us to make, you know, equal comparisons between districts. And so um, in answer to your question, yes, there is a margin of error. Um, there's always a margin of error with data, but um, because of the way in which we're collecting data now, which is directly from government agencies, we have incredible, I'm gonna put it this way, we have incredible opportunities moving forward um, to build uh, much more robust and rigorous uh, sort of systems for how data is collected throughout the territory. Okay. And so I'll, I'll pass the mic to you on that one, but um, that's the, I think that's the, um, the most honest way to answer that question, Neville. Well, I think different, you know, so, so that's the reason why, you know, when I ask the question, <laughs> I, I am asking for opinions. You're, you're gathering data based on what agencies make available to you. You know what I'm saying? That's so, right. So, you know, Absolutely. It, it, it isn't, margin of error as we know it is really about mm -hmm. um the, uh, the 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 territory's ability to make sure that everybody's captured mm -hmm. you know if, if if you understand what i'm saying you know to the best of their ability and given what we're what we dealt with in particular with the pandemic you know, in a census year um things like that you know um there has to be some room for you know um What's the, what's the term here? Um, anecdotal, as opposed to empirical. Just, just, that's just how it is. You follow what I'm saying? So, I'm 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 not knocking your your ability to 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 to, to put together the numbers and and all that stuff, Doctor Santiago. Yes. Yeah, so as as you mentioned, right? So we we have a lot of different sources. Um, the the latest one, for example, the U.S. Census had released their original like population estimates last year. Mm -hmm. They released their demographic just in October. I was really late <laughs> in our publishing cycle, yeah. uh, but we work really hard to include as much of that as possible. For example, the children in poverty. You know, they, I think the census, um, you know, margin of error. I, I think they do ninety percent confidence intervals. Uh, in other areas, of course, uh, you know, for example, enrollment at at uh, the public schools, we get that directly from the source. You know, the the student enrollment system. We have a very good relationship with a lot of these agencies, and, and we can collect data more directly that way. But you're you're absolutely right. In many cases, we, we're you know I think in this in this book we introduce um, the term signals, right? To to mean you know when data is not readily available, how can we listen for signals elsewhere? How can we look for information elsewhere? And a good example of that, you know, if you, the COVID pandemic was, you know, there were certain programs, for example for sports park and recreation that weren't held. Um, there were certain services that weren't offered. Uh, we looked at the employment rate right as COVID happened and there was just a massive spike, right, in, in, in unemployment as the cruise ship shut down and things like that. So, yeah, so we tried to, to collect the, the data that was, was readily available and, and where it wasn't readily available, we looked for um, nonprofit agencies to fill in the gaps. What are the services they're offering and how are they impacted by, you know, whether it's the COVID pandemic or, 
you know, the the transportation, as Dr. Frazier Rayner was mentioning earlier, um, you know, and, and many of them said, well, you know, it, we, we have less students just because we can't get the students here. Um, and that's an example of where we can, we think we can contribute because if, if we can map, um, you know, where the services are, where the needs are, I think that's an important contribution as well. How can we give back? How can we use the data or activate the data? Uh, but we have so many sources and, and we try to be as clear as possible in terms of where we're getting our information. The majority of it is from either the census or government agencies, but we have started to look at, you know, other other entities to fill in the, the blanks and we, we do have private school enrollment. Um, but th sometimes they don't give you as complete a data sets, right? So the private school are not going to give us test scores or have not uh, necessarily provided test scores or graduation rates or things like that. And so we try to be creative um, in, in terms of how we present the data. We, we I think this team has a, has a philosophy that we, we're, we still want to show and we still want to to tell a story around the data and the information that we gather. And so just saying, well, you know, we didn't have this data and is not an option. Let, let, let me chime in here and, 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 and touch on the, the, the one number that jumps out um, at everybody, which is 20 years ago, we had um, more than twice the amount of children this kid's count says that we have now, right? At... Um, the number, as we speak, is at 17,086, and 20 years ago, that number was at 34,289. Now, I know on St. Croix, um, we had the refinery closing in 2012, and territorially, we had the, the, the two hurricanes that um, were mentioned in 2017, Irma Maria, and of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, on its face, um, to any one of you who can answer this, what does that represent in particular where the census that came out in October of 2021 said that our population had decreased by 19,000 and if this kid's count is telling us that over the last 20 years our population has increased, I mean decrease, not increase, decrease um, by... 17,000 where our children is concerned. And I had a conversation off the record with Ms. Ms. James over the weekend. And I looked at the number in 2002 for act, actual 20 years ago. And our population was estimated then at 108,000. So that's even a greater decrease than the 106,000 plus that the census for 2010 re represented. Um, is that uh, is the census uh, the census number reduction pretty much the children number because that's that's you divide seventeen into nineteen or seventeen into twenty one seventeen into nineteen is is just under um, ninety percent of that number and seventeen out of twenty one is just over eighty percent of that number that that there's just startling correlation there. Um, Anybody care to, 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 to chime in on that? Is is our census, is what our census reflected back in late 2021 because the children don't live here anymore at the numbers that they did? Yeah, so we, we saw that elsewhere. So again, going back to the conversation on, on what does that represent? And so we, we did see a drop even, even before that. So we had the Virgin Islands Community Survey had already reported 
a drop in overall population, a decline in 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 uh, child population. Even the from the 2010 census, there was already like a 20% drop um, in in just the overall population. So, but but even before that, we saw declining enrollment in public schools. And and I remember when we started this project, we started thinking about well, maybe they're moving to private schools, maybe they're moving to homeschool, maybe they're moving, you know. Um, but we saw when we received the private school enrollment, it it had just as dramatic a drop. We had a drop in you know the homeschool enrollment. The only time that spiked um, was actually for COVID, when parents were keeping you know. Um, their their children home and 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 decided to do some homeschooling at at a number that we hadn't seen before, but yeah. So so we think that the population trend in terms of 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 the number of children living in the VI uh, being half of what it was 20 years ago is very startling. It is it is a very shocking number. About 20 percent of the total population is 18 or younger, but we do think that that is true based on what we see in the other areas in in the enrollment in, in, in everything else, including UVI enrollment. Um, and so we do have a confidence that, yes, that the child population has shrunk uh, in the USVI uh, along with the overall population. Um, you know, that, that, that is the trend that we have seen, not just for this census, but the 2015 VIX, the 2010 census, and as you just mentioned, even earlier um, reports. No, um, Dr. Uh, Frazier, uh, Raina, I don't believe the, the, the census numbers are accurate at 87,000. I believe a lot of people in the thousands were not captured because of the pandemic. Um, that's just me. Um, I, actually, you know, in, in, in theory, um, the census never captures everybody um, to begin with. But when you're talking about a pandemic where folks simply were not in communication and contact with others for obvious reasons, um, you know, what's your what's 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 your take on that? Cause that's that's a significant drop, one hundred and six thousand to eighty-seven thousand. That's that's a solid number overall, as related centers, not the kids count, but overall. Yes, I think that's I think it's an important uh, area to dig deeper and to find out uh, more about what that what some of the the uh, the causes of that may be. Uh, I think that so, the onus of that is on all of us to, in our various sectors and in the, those that we work with, to understand a little bit more about why those that da data looks the way that it does. Now, now let me stop you right there. Right, the, mm -hmm. Uni the United Nations actually has our population at one hundred and four thousand. You know, mm -hmm. one hundred and four thousand and forty-seven, uh, based on uh, the World Media elaboration of the latest United Nations data. So that's yeah. we, we got to be very careful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the census is, you know, isn't valuable because it is, and and, and I'm not knocking them for, for 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 gathering the data that they gather. But um, you know, in, in 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 reality, yes, I believe there's been a reduction in our population, in particular because of the hurricanes in 2017. But um, when you're talking about a 19,000 reduction, almost 20 percent. I don't. People might say, "Well, you know, we're talking one hundred and twenty thousand, one hundred ten thousand, and a lot of people. That's a lot of people." Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And yeah. I mean, I, Neville, I think that you know you've asked a, a really important question, and you know, I don't think we've ever had a situation where we were doing a national census um, during the kind of conditions that we were doing it in twenty twenty. 
And so I think that, that there are a lot of questions that I think are valid around like how many people were not captured. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect there there is always, a, like you said, a margin of error, but uh, that margin may have been much greater um, because of the circumstances we were all as a, as a world sort of living through at that time. And so I think those are important questions. But I think when it comes to the child population, the fact that we can back that up with student enrollment is, yes. I think, um, yes. the piece of it that is, um, is I think people should, should hone in on that there, that the, the enrollment data does track pretty well with, uh, with a good portion of the, of the, um, the census data around child population. So that is something that we as a territory have to pay attention to. Um, I think if there's anything that's alarming to me um, in this data book, it's that, um, in addition to some of the other data we collected around poverty rates. But, um, but you know, uh, a, a territory, and you know, you and I had did have a conversation some time ago around um, data that was collected by, I think it was UVI and uh, CFEI, in 2018, I think it was released around the, the fact that the territory, the Virgin Islands is one of the oldest islands um, in the Caribbean and um, in terms of the uh, demographic age of, of our population, average age of our population. And that is, you know, you, you put those two things together that we're, we've lost a large number of our child population hold and hold, hold, we are hold, aging. Hold, hold on there one second. We got to take a break and I don't, I don't want to cut you okay. off. And, and we got guests for nine o'clock, but they're going to hold on to you so we can wrap up this conversation. Okay. Okay, so don't hang up. Uh, what we're going to do is we'll take a break. We got the, the Kids Count um, leadership here joining us this morning. So we'll take a break. We'll come back and then we'll uh, get with our, our nine o'clock guests after we wrap up this conversation. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. 